Welcome. Step right in. Take a look around. I promise that no matter who you are, we've got something here for you. Think of any creature, any companion, any friend. We've got it. It's our business to provide to you our valued customer. Anything that you could possibly think of. Anything at all. So, think real hard. Because we've got all that and more here at Zack and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. We are in the episode. Hey, we are in the episode. Hey. In the episode. That was all right. That was pretty good. I'm, I'm, our musical intros, like it's hard to do this remotely and make a con, yeah. a, 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 a cohesive because musical Because there, there is a slight, yeah, the, the, the slight delay between, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, as you know, our, our data stream flies from us. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think we go to a satellite. I was going to say to a satellite, but really we just got an interconnection of cables. Our, really. our words, we speak into microphones and the microphones turn our words into lightning and that, that lightning is sent through a bunch of tubes and into these cups that I wear onto my ears. That's pr- and that's pretty, how technology works. That's pretty cool, you guys. Um, so, hi, everybody. Welcome back <laughs> to another episode of Zach and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. I am Zach. I'm Griffin. And if you're listening to this on release day, uh, we hope you've had a happy, wonderful winter holiday season. Most definitely. We are recording this the day after Christmas. Yeah. Zach and I were just behaving like um, young children and exchanging the great toys that we got over Christmas. Oh, I got so many great toys. And I'm very excited. I got, about I got some good toys. I got this cool wooden like it's like a like a like a, a a skill test thing where it's like a handle and it's got a bunch of wooden discs that are like stacked on top of each other, but okay. they've got sort of alternating metal pegs between them. So it's kind of got like this thing where they spin, but like so it's hard to describe. So. <laughs> It, it looks like you know, like a like a like a chain whip sort of thing, where it's all these little pieces together. Okay. But, but if you you, know, you focus enough, you know, a la like you know, like cup and string kind of thing, mm-hmm. you want to get all of them to spin in enough to stack straight, you know, vertically. Oh, uh, I think I get Does it. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like a it's like a balance and like a, Kinda. a, a momentum thing. Yes, it's interesting and it's very challenging. And I very much nice. appreciate the, the the gift of honing my hand eye coordination. I got uh, a left handed kitchen knife, which I'm going to make a lot of use out of. I didn't know that, that there was a difference between a regular knife and a left handed kitchen knife. It's 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 not a ton. Like I've gotten away with using a right handed one this entire time, and like during all of our tenure at the bread mines. But like the bevel of the blade is different. Oh. Huh. Yeah, sl- very slightly, but it's there. Is that like the, um, the, the same like with scissors and stuff? Yeah, kind of, kind of a similar thing. Cool. Because nice. I mean, scissors even like I still have problems with, but that's that's neither here nor there. Hey, s- 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 what I'm saying is that uh, scissors are prejudice. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. I also got a cactus. Oh, nice! I got a little baby cactus. A little baby cactus. I have named him Bean. Oh, oh, right! It's named after Bean. And then, yep, and then. <laughs> <laughs> and it's in a little planter that's this cute little bird. So it's it's Bean and Burb. Oh, that's good. The Bean and Burb show. Yeah, I've got I got a bunch of uh physical D&D content, which I'm very pumped about because at this point Ooh. I've just been rolling with those digital copies and it's nice to have the real ones in my hand. Yeah, it's pretty okay sometimes, isn't it? It's it's nice. It's a good feeling. So if yeah. when so if you hear a lot of page flipping, that's because I'm flipping pages. 
<laughs> Usually you would just um, hear the, the tippy tap of my Apple Pencil hitting my I, my iPad screen. Um, but that's not the case today. Woo! Uh, but wherever you are, we hope you had a, a lovely winter holiday season, uh, whichever of those you you subscribe to. Yeah, and uh, you know, w- w- with I'm a this, big proponent of Yule. Of Yule. Yeah. And uh, within a couple days, uh, uh, the new year shall be here. So happy new year as well. See, and that is why when we decided we're deciding what to do with the, you know for this episode. We didn't want to go, you know, like the Christmas route because, like, it's you know, it's been past there, Christmas. Well, we've been there, but also, you know, Christmas was five. You know, at this point, would would have been five days ago. Yeah. And New Year's is like a couple days away. But really, how do you do a, a New Year themed? We could we could sit here and talk for about fifty minutes about the New Year's baby because I mean they're probably a cryptid, but like God. that's that's bad. That's bad. That, that's not great. Yeah. So. And like we had to cancel our Christmas party this year because you know like we don't want the Krampus to get COVID. Yeah, um, you, you know that'd be a bad time. It'd be a bad time. He, I, I know he hasn't gotten the vaccine yet. So Santa's working overtime. It's it's a hard spot. So instead, we decided to go with our second uh, rendition of his song, Get Faffer. Uh, his uh, his song get Faffer. I was about to say one Mogan, and then you gave me one Mogan, and I still don't get it. That is the new acronym we're using for. Holy shit! Oh my god! These folks are fucking rad. Hissam Gitfafer, I get it. Hissam Gitfafer. I thought maybe you were speaking to me. I thought you were working on your Danish because we live in Denmark now. No. We work in Denmark now. Yeah, yeah. Here in Bjerringbro. In good old Bjerringbro. Yeah, no, I, uh, no one knows what Hissam Gitfafer you know, here means. I'm going to go around when I'm like walking down uh, the street from the store to go get my, 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 to the bakery to get my morning breakfast. Um, I'm just going to say that to passersby, like with, with a, a friendly wave. So, l- l- like, like Aang? Like a good morning. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Hissam Gitfafer. Hotman. Hotman. <laughs> and, they're gonna, and I'm going to get equally Gitfafer. weird looks. Hissam Gitfafer. And then I'm going to get my Danish. And then you're going to get your Danish. Come to work. It's really funny when you're actually in Denmark and you say, like, I'm going to go get a Danish. Like <laughs> we've, been, we've been over this. A Danish is not a person. A Dane is a person. But it's just funny. It's I just think it's a funny goof. If I said I was going to go get a Danish man, then that would be different. I'm just going to laugh about it, okay? Don't ruin my fun. All right. From this point forward, I will not yuck your yums on this particular subject. Awesome. Much I will internalize. I will internalize my yucks. That's internalized yucks. There we go. Amazing. <laughs> um, but if you missed our previous, holy shit! Oh my god, these folks are fucking rad. Episode. His song got popular. We are just taking a step away from our usual salesman approach. It's the holidays. You already have all the things that you need. Right it's a now. celebration of humanity. You know. Yeah. And or. Of- Creatianity, creaturiery. Of peopleness. <laughs> of personhood. Of personhood's folk, pretty good. F- folk stuff. Folk stuff, yes. A celebration <laughs> of folk stuff. And with that, we're going to appreciate some folk stuff right now. Yeah, so various different things and peoples and 
more intelligent creatures spread across the multiverse. Uh, and f- going back to our origins, our roots, and the good old owner's manual, we've got, to start off, hags. Gotta love a good hag. So, Zach, when I say the word hag, what do you think of? Well, since, what comes to mind? Well, since I play D&D often, I, I like hags but like many people like you know uh, uh, i think of that very good line from hot fuzz um i think Hag. of i beg your pardon oh it's three across oh wonderful oh no oh bless, bless you. you that's what it is um <laughs> i think of like hansel and gretel mm-hmm. you know but the 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 common visual theme is an old maybe sickly looking woman Sort of crone-like, yes. Living in the woods or elsewhere, maybe perhaps hunched, a, a, but kind a, of a, a a creepy looking old lady. A curly nose. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And hags, in in least in terms of of the D and D verse, follow pretty much follow that exact same um, line of thinking. It says here, hags represent all that is evil and cruel. Nice. Merry fucking Christmas. <laughs> Though they resemble <laughs> withered crones, there's nothing mortal about these monstrous creatures whose forms reflect only the wickedness in their hearts. Uh, it, the good old owner's manual gives us a couple variants, the green hag, the sea hag, and the night hag. The green hag and the sea hag are considered fae. The night hag is considered a fiend. Whoa. Ooh. There's a lot here. I'll try to parse through it. Uh, ancient beings with origins in the Feywild, hags are cankers on the mortal world. Their withered faces are framed by long, frayed hair. Horrid moles and warts dot their blotchy skin, and their long, skinny fingers are tipped by claws that can slice open flesh with a touch. Their simple clothes are always tattered and filthy. All hags possess magical powers, and some have an affinity for spellcasting. They can alter their forms or curse their foes, and their arrogance inspires them to view their magic as a challenge to the magic of the gods, whom they blaspheme at every opportunity. Long and short of it is, the reason I really like hags is that if you just look at their stat block, they are minor threats at best. Yes. But the idea that a hag can curse you with, like, anything in the world... Is real scary. (sighs) Also, I really like the trope of... You know, the exchange, like, it's always a bargain. It's yeah. always the hag will grant you power, but at a, you know, steep and at often hidden cost. Price. I'm going to read this little sidebar that's in here about hag covens. Okay. Where if hags work together, if there are three hags together in an area forming a coven, they have far more magical potency at their disposal. Mm-hmm. Like, up, getting the abilities to cast, you know, Lightning Bolt, Eye Bite, Phantasmal Killer, Counterspell, Scrying, all that shit. Mm-hmm. There's also a, a little magic item that hags can create called a Hag Eye. Okay. This is this is some Witcher 3, Witches of the Woods shit Okay, right here. hit me with it. A Hag Coven can craft a magic item called a Hag Eye, which is made from a real eye. Okay. And coated in varnish often fitted to a pendant or other wearable item. The hag eye is usually entrusted to a minion for safekeeping and transport. A hag in the coven can take an action to see what the hag eye sees. 
if it's on the same plane of existence. They have a mobile eye. They have a mobile eye that they can just give to a swamp rat and just say, hey, go and look for these folks. And then imagine you, Zach Robb, the adventurer, walking through the swamp, and a little cute swamp rat comes up, and you see, you see him hanging out on a lily pad, you know, like rats do. Yeah. And it has a necklace around its little rat neck with a human eye. Yuck. And you're like, oh, that's cute. Also, yuck. And what do you do? What do you do about that? You, uh, you kill it. I don't know. It's a rat. I mean, yeah, and it runs away. It's a rat. You can't kill it. They're invincible. That's not true, though. This is known. <laughs> but swamp rats are. Oh, okay. Yes. That's I'm going real off the reservation. Important I'm all, I'm distinction. All the, the difference uh, between a regular rat and a swamp rat. You're fair. It's, it's true. Right. But hags, like, they just, God, they're, they're creepy. Yeah. Like, this picture of the green hag, she's just holding, like, a little wicker basket of just meat. Nice. Just holding, like, a human heart. Yuck. Now, here's my question. Yeah. Is the Baba Yaga a hag? Ooh. Would the Baba Yaga constitute? Now, actually, before while I'm thinking about it, give me a moment. Because I do believe in the Curse of Stroud, there, there is a Baba Yaga parallel. Let's see. Is there? Yes, the Baba La Saga. Oh. It is apparently a humanoid. Ew. But has 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 lots of lots of lots of magics. So like I'm getting I'm getting akin to a hag. Yes. Big hag energy. It's got, I was gonna say big hag energy. But it's <laughs> technically a humanoid. So, you know, weird. fucking weird. Yeah. But I mean I guess look like you know, you got the the the, the, the was it the night hag that you know is isn't a fae like the other hags. So you yeah, could you she, could maybe call Baba Baba La Saga a hag, even though she's a humanoid. Yeah. Each of the hags have like a distinct kind of uh, flavor to them. Obviously, uh, I think all of them. Hang on, let me see real quick. Yeah, all of them have the ability to change shape, mm-hmm. so they can make themselves appear as like a young. As ni- are that are nice, nice little ladies, like little yeah, ladies. little old grannies, and just invite you into their little their little hut in the woods for tea and cookies, and they get you. Bottle of Saga can cast Power Word Stun. That's bad. Finger of death. Mirage, wow. Mirage Arcane gets true sight. No, thank you. Yes. <laughs> Yikes. Green hags can mimic animal sounds and humanoid voices. Infallibly. Yuck. Uh, sea hags have something called a death glare, mm. where it's like a fright. It's like a frightened effect, and they have like a horrific appearance, kind of like a frightful presence yeah. dragon thing. The the night hag has one of the more um, icky. Abilities. Okay, hit me with the yuck. Sly and subversive, night hags want to see the virtuous turn to villainy. Love turned into obsession, kindness turned to hate. They take perverse joy in corrupting mortals. While a humanoid sleeps, a night hag can straddle the person ethereally, which is a wild sentence, Yeah, and intrude upon their dreams. Any creature with true sight can see the hag's spectral form straddling its prey. The ethereal hag fills her victim's head with doubts and fears in the hope of tricking it and performing and into performing evil acts in the waking world. The hag continues her nightly visitations until the victim finally expires in their sleep. If the hag has driven her victim to commit evil deeds, she traps its corrupted soul in her soul bag Nothing. for transports to Hades. A soul bag 
is a black sack made of stitched flesh. Gross. Yeah. I think hags can be summed up with simply gross. Gross indeed. But yeah, the the night hag is, is definitely the most dangerous of them all. Uh, she nasty. Oh, she nasty she, though. She, she nasty. She real nasty. And uh, I mean, that's really all I have to say is she nasty. She nasty. Uh, days gross. But the just the, just the narrative potential. Oh yeah, definitely. Ooh. Ooh. That's what gets my that's what gets my my uh, my blood running hot. Ha ha. Think of just like ooh, what is what is this player character wants more than anything in the world, and what will they do for it? I don't, I don't know, man. Can can I corrupt them with this with this crazy old lady into doing weird shit? Get in the get in the comments. get in the comments. Are we ready to move on? Yeah, that's pretty much hags. They gross, they nasty, uh, they into that kinky shit, and they want to eat your heart and uh, destroy you your dreams. And straddle you ethereally until you are uh, evil. And then they take your soul in a bag made of flesh. Beautiful. Move it on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close the book on that. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. Uh, awesome. Next, we're going to be talking about <laughs> the Yan Tea or Yuan Tea. I don't know how to pronounce it fully. I'm going to go with Yan Tea just because that's Yan easier tea. to say. Yuan Tea is a, a little mouthy. Yeah, Yuan Tea uh, are devious serpent folk devoid of compassion from remote temples and jungles, swamps and deserts. Merry fucking Christmas. Uh, <laughs> the Yuan Tea plot to supplant and dominate all other races and to make themselves gods. Merry Christmas. And they, and they snake people. Hey, everyone, right? Jesus was born today, except he wasn't. <laughs> Except he super wasn't. Except he super wasn't. Uh, Born in fucking September. Oh, get in the comments. Get in the comments. Um, so, forsaken humanity. The Yanti were once humans who thrived in the earliest days of civilization and worshipped serpents as totem animals. They lauded the serpent's sinuous flexibility, its calculated <laughs> poise, uh, and its deadly strike. Calculated poise calculated is never poise. something I would use to describe a snake. But it, but it fits. Does it, though? I think so. If you really I think don't... about it, every movement a snake makes, there's a, there's a purpose to it. Whether it be in retreat or in preparation to strike or in both at the same time, because as it retreats, okay. it's ready to spring forth. Okay. If you really think about it, kind of. All right, I'm coming around to it. Awesome. I feel good about myself. (laughs) Their advanced philosophy taught the virtue of detachment from emotion and of clear, focused thought. So, you know, day's kind of straightforward, but kind of mean. Yanti culture was among the richest in the mortal world. Their uh, warriors were legendary. Their empires always expanding. Yanti temples stood at the centers of ancient metro. Uh, wow, metropolises was the word, and I said I almost said metropolises. Metropolises. Mm. Metropolises. Hey, uh, Yanti <laughs> temples stood at the center of ancient metropolises, reaching ever higher in prayer to the gods they longed to emulate. In time, the serpent gods heard those prayers. They're s- wow, sibilant. Yeah. I've never heard this word before. I love that this expands my vocabulary. (laughs) 
their sibilant voices responding from the darkness as they told the auntie what they must do. The auntie religion grew more fanatical in its devotion. Cults bound themselves to the worship of the serpent gods and imitated their ways, indulging in cannibalism and humanoid oh. sacrifice. Cool. Through foul sorcery, the auntie bred with snakes, utterly sacrificing their humanity to become like the serpent gods in form, as well as in thought and emotion. Gross. Huh. huh. Okay. Huh. Okay. So Days bang snakes, yo. <laughs> Days fucking snakes. And, and, and Day is fucking snakes. And Day is fucking snakes, yeah. Serpent kings of fallen empires. The Anti uh -huh. view their physical transformation as a transcendent moment for their race, allowing them to shed their frail humanity like dead skin. Those that did not uh, transform eventually became slaves or food for the blessed of the serpent gods. The Anti mm. empires withered and were defeated by those who fought against their cannibalism and slavery, and the serpent folk were left in the ruins of their great capitals far removed from other races. There's a lot of shit hmm. here, but um, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna move uh, to the fact that they're man, they come in many shapes and forms, homie. Yeah, I mean, there's a, I mean, there's a lot of different snakes in the, the world. I believe they have some a caste system. The more serpent you uh, like, you are. I think the the more hailed you are. That kind of tracks with their culture. If so you're the, trying yeah. to emulate the serpent gods the the mo the most uh, snake jesus yes the uh, uh holiest of holies i guess uh would be the yanti abomination monster a little, serpents a little uh contrarian yeah right but but uh yeah i, th I mean th this was you know written by other people so you, they might have been like that is, that's an abomination but solid point hey thanks um but yeah uh this this is just a snake with some arms on it <laughs> Monster serpents with burly humanoid torsos and arms. Ugh. Abominations form the highest cast of You didn't Yonti. say they were cut arms. Oh no, they they's real they's real cut. Mm. But yeah, they they're the form of the highest cast of Yanti society, and they most closely resemble the race as the serpent gods intended it. Hmm. Yep. They uh mastermind <laughs> elaborate schemes and perform dark rites in the hope of one day ruling the world. So the snake gods, Snake Jesus really just wanted to play fucking Mr. Potato Head with these folks and slap on some snake parts. Yeah. And be like, this is a solid like 70% snake. I don't think I could fit any more snake on this man. Pretty much. So yeah. They were like We're going to call this the best we can do. Hey, they've got some big burly arms. They're pretty powerful. All right. Next we got the Yon team Malison, I believe is how it's pronounced. I'll believe it. A Malison, a hideous blend of human and serpentine features. Three different types of Malisons are known to exist, and other types are possible. Malison forms uh, the middle caste of the Yanti society and hunt with arrows tipped with their own venom. Uh, they use their magical powers of suggestion <laughs> to force their enemies to surrender. Uh, the picture we have here is just a buff dude, but then like the the top of the arms, the shoulders, and the head are all snake, baby. Hmm. They're all scaled. Uh, and that's just that's so we're looking at like a solid thirty to forty percent snake. I would say maybe like, like honestly, like fifteen percent snake. Mm. But part of it's the head. Not that, that's a lot of snake. That's a lot of snake. That's like uh -huh. granted. I think the most intimidating part of the snake. So, yeah. like, yeah. Can you just imagine like a, a 
Malison getting ready, like some archers getting ready to fire, and they all just like stick their arrows in their mouths for a second. <laughs> yeah, they just sort of spit, yeah. spit on the arrowhead, and then uh, and then shoot it. Fire! And then lastly, there are the Yanti Pure Blood. Pure Bloods form the lower caste of Yanti society. They closely resemble humans, yet a pure blood can't pass for human under close scrutiny because there are always some hint to its true nature, such as scaly patches of skin, serpentine eyes, pointed teeth, or a forked tongue. Gross. Mm. Wearing cloaks and cowls, they masquerade as humans and infiltrate civilized lands to gather information, kidnap prisoners for interrogation and sacrifice, and trade with anyone who has something that can further their myriad of plots. Mm. But yeah, this just looks like a person. It's just a it's just a hot lady with with some snake eyes. Yeah, and that's how they get you. Now, am I remembering right that they can also just like full on turn into snakes? Um, I don't. Uh, I know that um, at least pure blood. When you look at like from Volos, like the playable race, I don't think they can turn into snakes. But they get animal friendship, but only with snakes. That's right. Uh, as a racial <laughs> bonus. Um, and a few other things. I think you get venom. Uh, was it poison spray as um, mm. as a Yanti as well? Abomination and Malison, abominations and Malisons. They can they can polymorph themselves into snakes. Oh, okay. The the, the essentially the upper the upper crew. Yeah, yep. shape changer, shape changer. Yeah. Oh, and there's a fun thing here for uh, Malison type because you mentioned that there were three of them. It says there in their stat block, if you want to read that. Wait, one second. Malison type. Oh, yeah. It has one of the following types. Human body with snake head. Human That's head. That's what we see in the, park, yeah. in the picture here. Human head and body with snake uh, uh, head and body with snakes for arms. <laughs> snakes for arms. Human head and upper body with a serpentine lower body instead of legs. This, month, this bitch got snake arms. This bitch got snake arms. Does the snake arm have attacks? Yes, there's, a, there's an attack for snake arms. That's awesome. Its bite is, is can be done via snake arms. Hey, this is my friend Malison. He is a, a person who has snakes for hands. <laughs> it's like it's oh, like in way, dodgeball what, uh... when they do the the do do. But actually, because he actually has snakes. Ah. For hands. By the way, that's what sibilant means. It's just like sounds. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh cool. Some some, some parcel ton shit. Kinda, yeah. Hissing, hissing sounds like, like in phonetics, like ship. You know, sh is a is a syllabant. Oh, cool sound. Anyway, this has been your um your etymology lesson with with Griffin. There we go. Griffin's word corner. Beautiful. Well, I'm gonna close Ding. my bolos because I don't need that. Uh, well, that was rad. Holy shit! Oh is my that- god. These folks, These folks are fucking rad. These folks are fucking rad. That's we have theme music now. Well, that's you know, like when it's like, you know, when someone like says like the 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 title. Oh, of, sure. You know, like at the end of like reading Rainbow, when it's like, and that yeah. was a good story. <laughs> and they would then move on to the next segment. Right. This is us moving on to an ad, though, because oh, we're the, okay. I mean, are you have do you have more Yanti? I don't know. I can just talk. I can feel, feel. I can talk about snakes for another like solid two minutes. I mean, they're snakes, yeah. So yeah, what would it like? Do they like you know like the Malison? It's part snake. Mm-hmm. Does it only shed the snake skin side, or does it shed all of it? Th- what a terrible thought you have put forward. <laughs> 
what an absolutely think about what you just said for a second. <laughs> no, I I, I really I, I did before I said it and I I chose to say it anyway. Uh, 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 my uh. question still stands. I don't for my own sanity, I gotta say just the snaky bits, cause can you imagine if just like I stepped out of my skin every month or something and just left it I uh nope, done. I'm done. You done? <laughs> I'm done with that bit. I, I think I, I got I gotta say the snaky bits only, because the uh, the alternative is too bad to to exist. It's it's all the bits, everybody. <sighs> now What's something? Well, I got one more funny thing to say about snakes. I just don't know what it is yet. Okay. Do you think that if a Yanti was like part rattlesnake, where would the rattler be? It's dick, duh. Okay, so let's go on to an ad break. <laughs> <laughs> We're moving on. Uh, is this dick Nats, Griff? Criminal. (laughs) (laughs) Tired of normal, ordinary pet litter? Afraid to take the plunge on buying that Bahir because you're worried about those massive dukes? Your Pegasus too noble for a litter box? Then do we have the product for you? Litteraline. This magically enchanted pet litter emits a scent that matches the alignment of you or your pet. It magically replaces all pet stink with a personalized scent just for your alignment. Or for those picky pets, it will produce a scent so enticing, they'd be ashamed not to do their business there. Maybe your nightmare steed needs a little taste of home? Try Neutral Evil Brimstone. Coatal Assistant keeps banishing its droppings to your pillow? Try Lawful Good Clean Linen. Alignments vary between pet and owner? Can't go wrong with True Neutral New Car. Or maybe your pet doesn't care and you just need something to cover that stench. Then Chaotic Neutral Bacon Grease is the litter for you. In addition... Litteraline auto-magically cleans itself every 24 hours, and you can change scents at any time with our convenient take-home transcendation packs. Call 1-800-PET-SHOP and start realigning the way your pet does business. Litteraline, a scent for all kinds. All right, everyone. During during the ad break, Griffin gave me a talking to. I'm, I'm sorry for saying that the Rattleline was the dick, okay? It's... It... it we... Obviously, we go with little blue every now and then, but like I just rattle dick was a step too far. Ahead. I crossed a line. It's okay. It's okay. You talked to me about it. That's what's important, you know. Okay. I'm sorry. Like we're, not, we're, we're not. We're not going to get anywhere. If, you know, we're keeping things bottled up. I I know. I pre- I appreciate that you you checking yourself, and I think it's all all in all in the spirit of a of, of a of a better show for us and them. For us and them. Hey, you're a good. You're a good friend. And a worse business partner. <laughs> I was trying to make a joke there, and I just fumbled it bad. <laughs> I'm a little hurt, but let's move on. Cut the bit. Hey, J- James, cut the bit. Okay. Cut the... <laughs> so, right. we're back. Let's dive into this. What we got? Uh, next up, we got a, a personal favorite, at least to look at. Look at this fuzzy Oh, fuzz. he's so cool. Uh, we've got Quagoth. They're, they're pretty rare. They're um, they're uh, they're uh, a humanoid species. They're uh, man, it's always the hardest part for me. I feel like I said that every time. They 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 they're. I don't think they're completely quadrupedal. I think they can be bipedal. Yeah. But they, the picture I'm looking at, they can kind of walk like how gorillas kind of walk on their forelimbs. Yeah. 
Um, but I think that they can stand up on their hind limbs if they wanted to. Um, big sort of ape-like body structure. Mm-hmm. Big muscular arms, big detigrade, uh, thick-ass legs. Yep. Covered in kind of a pale gray or white kind of fur hair kind of stuff. It's kind See, of thick. To me, it looks kind of green. I, like I, like it like it looks like if a werewolf ate a bunch of fucking mint chocolate chip ice cream and then like and the, you know like like if you eat too many carrots like your skin will turn orange or whatever. Mint ice cream, but I see your point. I get the analogy. Um, <laughs> I I I think you might be. I'm not discrediting you, but I think the idea is these things live in the underdark, so I think they're just pale. You know, I'm gonna choose to believe that he just ate a bunch of mint chocolate ice cream. <laughs> okay, buddy. Um, they have a a vaguely humanoid face. Um, you know, eyes, nose, mouth in the classic configuration, and uh, the eyes are kind of maybe a little mean looking, maybe a little sinister, conniving even, like a swole gremlin, like a swole gremlin. Mouth with some some pointy chompers, kind of a flat nose. This guy's got a little beard. It's He's got a little goat, yeah. It's kind of yeah. cute. Savage and territorial, Quagoths climb the chasms of the Underdark. They maul their foes in a frenzy, becoming even more murderous in the face of death. Quagoths were never an enlightened species, but they were not always the brutal Underdark denizens they are today. I feel like this is going to get sad. In a distant age, Quagoth tribes dwelled upon the surface as nocturnal arboreal hunters possessing their own language and culture. When elves appeared in the mortal realm, of course it would be fucking elves that ruin these guys. Elves are the worst. Yeah, they ruin everything. When elves appeared in the mortal realm, they clashed with the Quagoths, eventually driving them into near extinction. Fuck off, elves. Only by fleeing deep into the Underdark did the Quagoths survive. As they passed the ages deep beneath the world, the Quagoths' fur lost its color and I guess turned a little green. Thank you. And their vision adapted to the darkness, even as the constant dangers and weird magic of their new realm transformed them. Turning increasingly brutal and savage, they ate whatever food they could find, mostly mint chocolate chip ice cream. And when they could not find it, they preyed on on each other. As cannibalism became part of their culture, their past was abandoned. The moral of the story is elves ruin everything. Quagoths were once upon a time great, and I still believe that they are. They just, they just need someone to believe in them. And I do. And you do. I will shoulder them back to greatness. Now, the only other kind of little things I want to touch on before we start the goofs is, one, they have just full-on poison immunity, Fuck just from you. generations of hunting venomous creatures and perpetual exposure to the molds and fungi that grow in the depths. There's immune to poison, no matter what. And there's a special type of Quagoth Called a thonet. A thonaut. A thonaut. A thonet. I don't know. Thonet sounds like someone trying to say sonnet with a lisp. A thonet. Yeah. Some quagoths absorb psionic energy that suffuses certain parts of the Underdark. When a tribe discovers that one of its own has inherited such powers, they press it into a role of tribal shaman, or thonet. A thonet keeps a tribe's lore and ensures its superiority against enemies. A thonet that fails the tribe is slain and devoured in a cannibalistic ritual in the hope that its power passes to another more worthy quagoth. 
and these uh, psionic Quagoth get the ability to cast a number of spells, such as Enlarge Reduce, Heat Metal, and Mirror Image. You can at will cast Featherfall. Yeah, because, you know, why not? That's handy. <laughs> In the Underdark, there's some Far Falls. Yeah, there's some Far Falls that could use some feathering. Exactly. Yeah. Quagoth, man, I just, they got done, they got done real dirty. Yeah. And I just like, I like them a lot. I think they're really, I think they had, could be really friendly. Like, I want to, I want to have a Quagoth buddy. I don't remember what exactly, which one it is, but there's like a, 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 an official Wizards of the Coast adventure written in the Underdark. I forget what it's called. Mm-hmm. But I believe an NPC that you can find is um, a Quagoth who either thinks he's a prince that was turned into a Quagoth or is just delusional. Um, <laughs> but it's very good. I love that. There's art form somewhere, and he's like in like a suit, I think. And it's kind of oh cute. That's excellent. I just think I like I mean the whole the whole point of the episode is to talk about things folks that we think are fucking rad. Yeah. And I think these guys are fucking rad. No, most definitely. When they have ten or fewer hit points, they get advantage on all attack rolls and deal additional damage as they go into a, a fucking death frenzy. Yeah. The thing the other thing in here is and that this is I don't I don't like this part. I think it's icky. It says that they're servants of the drow, which is fucked. The ancient enmity between Quagoths and surface elves makes them easy converts to the Dark Elf cause. In recent years, the drow have taken an interest in breeding Quagoth, encouraging their ferocity while strengthening their obedience. Wealthy drow houses have legions of Quagoth at their command. Even worse, the drow cultivate the Quagoth's hatred of elves by leading them on surface raids against known elven enclaves. So the drow are just using these poor schmucks to just kill other surface elves that the drow don't like. Yeah, it's kind of fucked. Yeah, I'm I'm not a... not a fan of the whole just drow are inherently evil plot. Yeah. We're just, hi, we're drow and we're just going to be slavers and xenophobic and all that nonsense. I think that's bullshit. Yeah, it's, and I think Quagoth deserve, Quagoth deserve better. They do. They do. They deserve uh, much, much better than the, than, you know, the lot has given them. And, uh, I think Quagoth should be and can be productive members of society holding down office jobs just like you or I, going door-to-door, selling lemonade. Not necessarily going door-to-door, selling lemonade. Those are two separate thoughts. But a door-to-door Quagoth lemonade salesman in, like, a little visor is my new favorite thing. Yeah. Yeah. I love screw that. The, screw the Quagoth prince. I've got my Quagoth door-to-door lemonade salesman. Yeah. Hey, dude. Hey, dude. I'm yeah. here for it. Okay. Awesome. And their name is Quincy. Quincy. I love it. Yeah. Quincy the Quagoth. That's about all I have to say on Quagoth. Well, hey, Quagoth's are great. It was, maybe, it, was maybe a, it was maybe a shorter segment than what we're used to, but... You know what? I'm fine with it. I think I landed on a really good goof with my door-to-door Quagoth lemonade sales. I think it was so. a very good goof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's... You know what? Sometimes it's better to hit it and quit it. You know? We hit it, we quit it, which is great because we've got time to talk about our last one, which we're going to need some extra time for, probably. That's... You know what? Solid that's point. Fair. So, farewell, Quincy. Um, I hope to buy from some lemonade from you this summer. So, next up, uh, we're going to talk about the biggest, the baddest. I'm talking about giants. 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 And we've, and we've talked a lot about a lot of big boys on this podcast. Oh, but... 
them's the big the biggest boys out there um giants ancient empires once cast long shadows over a world that quaked beneath the giant's feet starting off strong hell yeah in those lost days these towering figures were dragon slayers dreamers crafters and kings but their kind fell from glory long ago however even divided among secluded clans scattered throughout the world, the giants maintain the customs and traditions of old. Uh, old as legend. In remote regions of the world, the last remaining plinths, monoliths, and statues of the great giant empires bow their heads in desolate obscurity. That's kind of sad. Yeah, that's really sad. Where once those empires sprawled across all lands, now the giants dwell in isolated tribes and clans. Giants are Why up. is D&D so big on introducing folks who have just gotten boned? Yeah. Like, historically just bazoned. Yeah, these 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 boys have just been... Yanti, Quagoth, and Giants all are just like, let's tell you about the great empires these guys once had. Well, okay, well, Yanti got too big for their britches, and then everything fell apart in our defense. <laughs> Fair. But Quagoth and Giants, eh, come on, man. Uh, Come on. Each of the main giant races, the Cloud, Fire, Frost, Hill, Stone, and Storm Giants, are related by common elements of history, religion, and culture. They view one another as kindred, uh, keeping any inherent animosity over territory ambition uh, and ambition to a minimum. That's nice. That's nice. They play, they play nice. Um, giants belong to a caste structure called the Ordning. Or the Ordning. Yeah. Or... I think either are fine. Awesome. Based on social class and highly organized, the ordning uh, assigns a social rank to each giant. By understanding its place in the ordning, a giant knows which other giants are inferior or superior to it, since no two giants are equal. Each of the giant races analyzes a different uh, combination of skills or qualities to determine the ordning. Giants make, uh, make excelling in these qualities the purpose of their lives. Hmm. Interesting. So a bit of a hard system. At the highest level of the Ordning, the races of the Giants are also ranked according to status. Storm Giants are the highest in the Ordning, followed by Cloud Giants, Fire Giants, Frost Giants, Stone Giants, Hill Giants, and finally, giant kin such as Fomorians, Etans, and Ogres. Give me that list one more time. So it goes Storm, Cloud, Fire, Mm -hmm. Frost, Stone, Hill, and then giant kin. That is... Literally based on height. <laughs> yep. Because on the a few pages forward, there's a there's a, a, a basically a scale of giant height, mm-hmm. and that is that co- that co- that aligns with the height. Just the taller you are, it's like it's like when a Tinder person is just like, "Hey, how tall are you?" Not six foot. I don't care. Is that a thing that actually happens? Yeah, dog. Oh, I'm sorry, bud. You're sh- 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 5'11 boy over here, <laughs> one inch shy of greatness, apparently. <laughs> Just lie. No one's gonna. No one's gonna. <laughs> no one's gonna break a measuring tape out for one inch. You would, thi- but like, uh, it's beside the point. It's a bullshit thing. Do 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 do. Regardless of giants' rank among its own race, the chief of a hill giant tribe is inferior to the most common of stone giants. The lowest-ranked giant of any type is superior to the highest-ranked giant of an inferior type. It isn't hmm. considered evil to disrespect or even betray a giant of another type. Merely rude. 
it's just rude. Ca- casual betrayal. Yeah. It's like, God, you hear what Thomas did? Betrayed betray the chieftain above his step. What an asshole. But yeah, Cloud... Yeah, Cloud touch on kind of the shtick, I guess, of each yeah. one real quick. So, um... Cloud, I'll go to the stat blocks. How about that? That sounds good, actually. So yeah. first we got the Cloud Giants. Um, they live ex- uh, extravagant lives high above the world, uh, showing little concern for the plights of other races except as amusement. They're muscular with light skin and have hair of silver and blue. It says that they're the children of the trickster... So they're kind of, you know, they're, they're clouds, they're air, they're flowy. Yeah. They're, they're kind of trickstery. Apparently they have affluent princes, wealth and power. I don't want to read all of this because that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of content here. On If like if you want just to have a nice little read in your owner's manual, read about giants. There's a lot there. There's so much. Uh, fire giants. What's, what's, what's weird about in the cloud giant stat block is that it says neutral good or neutral evil, 50% chance for either. Oh, man. Which is interesting. Um, and going along with the uh, the air aspect of it, they all have innate spellcasting for Fog Cloud, Fly, Misty Step, Telekinesis, Control Weather, and Gaseous Form. Hell yeah. Uh, moving on to the Fire Giants. Um, their big thing, Master Crafters, Martial mm-hmm. Experts. They're the rough and tumble boys. Um, yeah, this art's got the guy wearing, like, full blackened plate mail giant like flat broadsword yeah uh, like a square sword yeah. i guess it'd be a rectangle but well yeah we got we got what you meant um yeah but yeah they're you know big they like to make shit i think a lot of times they might live underground um i think that's a that's a pretty common trope place to see them yeah because like you know they'll be forging in like lava rivers or whatever yeah i mean if you can they are they are fully immune to fire Days, uh, yeah, days intense. Um, yeah. Then we got the uh, frost giants, um, yeah. who um, I think are very sort of, uh, of uh, all of them are kind of the more barbarous. Mm-hmm. They're real into just kind of rolling around, fucking shit up. They have yeah, a, their, a, a, a their default here. alignment is considered neutral evil. Yeah, this says this make block. war not goods. <laughs> the frost giants consider the menial gonna... crafting of goods beneath them carving and weather lurk are valued skills they make their clothing from the skins and bones of beasts let's see they yeah they just we're gonna come down from the mountains we're gonna take your goats and we're gonna go and fuck off back to our mountains and try to stop me because i'm 16 feet tall yeah we got a uh, hill giants who are the um <laughs> The lowliest. The yeah. It, it, this calls them primitive. So, the, the, yeah, they're, they're, as you said, they're kind of the dingus of the group. Um, <laughs> they're, they're real hungry, they're real stupid, but they're real strong. Um, and, mm-hmm. and will kind of just sort of get mad and run at you real hard and fuck your shit up. Um, <laughs> but they're tiny, they're puny. Well, in comparison to the rest. This says they're about, yeah. si- about 16 feet tall. Yeah, they're only 16 feet tall compared to the 21-foot-tall Frost Giants. Or the 26-foot-tall Storm Giants. <laughs> it's like, imagine just another giant having the gall to call a hill giant, you know, shrimp. You're it's like, like hey, you me, us? <laughs> it's like you, me, and my old roommate, Austin. We're like, Austin was like 661. Yeah. And you're like what six five? I'm six five, and I'm five eleven. So as if, if we mentioned. shouldered it, we still wouldn't be that tall. Like like if we stood well, on each other's shoulders, we would be close. Well, I'm saying like 
compared to you two, I'm I I think that I'm short. But then I like go and visit my family, and I'm like a solid six inches taller than my dad. Height is relative, know? yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's just it's funny because I forgot that I was kind of a tall person because I hang around you so much. Yeah, you know, I'm just a big boy. <laughs> but yeah, hill giants—they're the runs of the giant world. To us, they're very big, but um, yeah. Runt and dingus. Runt and dingus. Uh, next would be the stone giant. Reclusive, quiet, and peaceful as long as they're left alone. Uh, their granite gray skin, gone features in black sunken eyes, endow stone giants with a stern countenance. Uh, they are private Ooh. creatures hiding their lives and art away from the world. They just kind of want to do their own thing. I kind of just want to be like, go, I'm going to live in my loft, make some sculptures, and then fuck off. This says that they are carvers uh, and seers. Ooh. Among stone giants, artistry ranks as the greatest virtue. They create uh, intricate murals, painting scrawling murals across cavern walls, and indulge in a wide Ooh. variety of other artistic disciplines. Very cool. They strive to draw uh, shapes out of raw stone, which they believe reveal meaning inspired by their god. Now that's good shit right yeah. there. That's good writing. So they're sort of the, the tribal, the more spiritual of the giants. Mm-hmm. They have a reaction... That no other giant type has called rock catching. Okay. If a rock or similar object is hurled at the giant, the giant can, with a successful DC 10 dex save, catch the missile and take no bludgeoning damage from it. Nice. Yeah. They, they, see so they have coming. like a, si- a simple version of, of missile, missile snaring. Yeah. Yeah. It's very good. Um, this is a nice line. It says dreamers under sky. Stone giants view the world uh, um, outside their underground homes as a the as a realm of dreams where nothing is entirely true or real. Ooh, I know. They behave uh, in the surface world uh, the way humanoids might behave in their own dreams, making little account for their actions and never fully trusting what they see or hear. Weird. Hmm. That's interesting. That's really interesting. Uh, making little. A promise made above ground need not be kept. Insults can be made without apology. Killing prey or sentient beings is no cause for guilt in the dreaming world beneath the sky. Huh. That That's very fun. Their alignment here is listed as neutral. So that kind of aligns with that a little bit. That's that's a really... I would, I would dig to... I'd be down to delve into that philosophy a little bit more like some other time. That's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, and lastly, stone. What I want to know is why why do storm giants need a swim speed? Because I'm a storm, you know, water and stuff. I guess. Yeah. I just always picture storm giants as being more Zeus-like, yeah. living on top of a mountain, because they can hawk thunderbolts. Hawk them. Well, it'd be a lightning bolt. Thunder is a sound. Oh, sorry. Thunderbolt was my literal high school mascot, So, or like high school team. That's... We were the Thunderbolts. Oh, man. Or the T-Bolts for short. Good. Storm giants are contemplative seers that live in places far removed from mortal uh, civilization. Most have pale purple-gray skin and hair and glittering emerald eyes. Some rare storm giants are violet-skinned with deep violet or black, uh, blue-black hair and silvery-gray or purple eyes. Ooh, sexy. They are benevolent and wise unless angered, in response to which the fury of a storm giant can affect the fate of thousands. <laughs> this is a cool t- term is distant prophet kings. 
Mm. Storm giant. Tell me more. Live in isolated refuges so far above the surface of the world or below the sea that they are beyond the reach of most other creatures. Some make their abodes in cloud-top castles so high that flying dragons appear as specks below. Others live atop mountain peaks that pierce the clouds. Some occupy palaces covered with algae and coral at the bottom of the ocean or grim fortresses in undersea rifts. Hmm. Weird. Detached I just, oracles. I just never picture. I would just never picture that of an underwater. I mean, it makes it makes sense, but like an underwater giant just seems kind of wonky to me. But yeah, no, they there's it. This says detached oracles. It's saying that like they can just sort of sit back in their castles and just kind of watch what's happening in the world around them, and not have to get involved. Yeah. It says, storm giants see the events of the world in a wild, wide perspective. They can foretell the rise and fall of kings and empires, see the beginnings and ends of fortune and disaster, and find the patterns within seemingly unrelated events. Super cool. But yeah, they communicate yeah. infrequently with others of their kind. They do so usually to compare signs and omens or engage in a rare courtship. Ooh. Love. Storm giant parents stay together to raise a child <laughs> to maturity, then return to the solitary isolation they cherish. Huh. Some humanoid uh, cultures worship storm giants as they would worship lesser gods, creating myths and stories around the giant's exploits and vast knowledge. A storm giant is governed by the dictates of its conscience, however, uh, and may not by any cultural laws or codes of honor. What? What? A storm giant is governed by the dictates of its conscience, however, and not by any uh, culture's laws and codes of honor. There we go. It was a sentence that I broke up in a weird spot and didn't understand. That's okay. Now I do. Yeah, stat block-wise, they can do, like, control weather, uh, feather fall, levitate at will. Awesome. Water breathing. Um, And they can, yeah, they just have the ability to just grab, make a Zeus lightning bolt and huck it up to 500 feet away. And for those playing along at home, that is 12d8 lightning damage. Oh my god, that's a lot. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a it's a big gray man ripping lightning from the sky. Yeah. And throwing it at, at you. your body. Yeah, you know. At your whole head. But yeah, giants are great. Giants. That was a lot of that was. A, I know we're almost coming up to the end of the episode. Yeah, and that was a lot of valuable information. Definitely, I would like to make several giant-based jokes. Please do. All right, and please play with me in the space. I, I'm this. here for you. Do you think that? Because I'm looking at this stone giant picture, and he's got like a big club. Yeah. Do you think that if like stone giants were to play like baseball, yeah, that they would. They would they would do it over like an entire like mountain range. Probably it does say that they're graceful yeah. athletes. Ooh, that's very charming. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm assuming their athletics could mean like you know them running through a small village and completely destroying it. So yeah, maybe they've got like a big like you know big big cave where they could play baseball, <laughs> play baseball or base rock. I guess it would be. But yeah, no, they would. Um, I think that they would kill some baseball, yo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They would need to like a small deserted island. They just make a make a baseball pitch. Ah, uh, yes, giant ball, giant ball. What's you know what a, a detail that I don't know why they put in this fucking book? Yeah, 
all of the all of the giants have like the classic giant technique of being able to reach down, grab a chunk of earth out of the ground, and huck it at you. Yeah, because they're big and strong. Mm-hmm. Why did the book decide that they needed to put in pictures for the different types of boulders thrown by these giants? I don't know. And it's like it's uh, not like yeah. It's not like they just reach down and pick up a chunk of earth and it transforms into, like, if it's a frost giant, it's not like it just gets covered in ice if they're down off the side of the mountain. You don't know that. I mean, I guess I don't know that, but, man, I just, <laughs> like, the stone giant one has, like, runes. Yeah, it has, like, runes it. carved into it. It's fucking silly. Do they, do they take the time to <laughs> take the chisel out? Give me a like, moment. I it's Artistry. Like, it's like the writing on it's like you know signing a bomb or something yeah or it's just like they scroll in the runes catch yeah. and then they huck it I, I, I yeah i just want that awkward moment like when they're fighting a giant and he reaches down and it rips it up he's like hold on give me a moment no no don't go anywhere what just st- just stay you, we're like actively fighting stay there i does any any of you have a pen Oh, yeah, I've got a pen. Awesome. Can I borrow it? I mean, it's like, you know, six inches that, long. That's fine. I'll make it work. Here you go. Okay, thank you. Uh, Are we just going to stand Awesome. Here? Do you need this back? That'd be nice. And he just puts it in his pocket. Oh, come on, man. Okay. Game on. And just hucks oh. the ball <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was a good little bit of role play. I hey, like that. thanks, bud. That was a good bit. Yeah. Oh. Giant voice. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. gi- giants are cool. There's a lot of very good lore about it. Uh, hit They're up fucking the, rad. Hit up the owner's manual if you want to read more about it. Uh, well, everybody. I think, it's, I think I, that's, I, it's about that time. I think it's about that time. We've we've completed our second Hissam Gitfafer. Hissam Gitfafer. Which, of course, if you've forgotten, stands for... Holy shit! Oh my god, these folks are fucking rad. Wait, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta do, do the full presentation. Can I? Is it? Can do, can I do it in in your? I mean, like century style. See now, I, like I, I, I at least want to see the attempt. Okay, okay. <clears throat> All right, you got this. You got to give me like a like a drum roll though oh. thing because that's what I was doing. Holy shit! Oh my god, these folks are fucking rad! Hey, that was pretty good! Thank you, I'm nothing if not a parrot. There we are. Uh, thank you all for listening to this episode, we've loved having you along. Uh, this is our last episode for 2020, the hell year. Oh, I'm so ready for next year yeah because you know next year's gonna happen and, you know i'm excited for 2020 to start um and yeah. you mean 2021 no no because yeah it's 2019 right now and, oh. and it's going to be 2020 right yep we're doing we're doing a full a full reset yeah we're just gonna do 2020 again and this time hopefully it won't be shit <laughs> it's it's not 2020 it's it's 2020 colon two the, it, well re 2020 yeah, <laughs> 2020 Redux. But we hope that maybe throughout this this crazy year and people quarantining and whatnot, that maybe we've brought a little bit of joy and delight to your ears, 
And um, we really appreciate you tagging along. If you want to help out the show, one of the best ways you can do that is by just telling a friend about us. Um, word of mouth goes a long way. And, you know, my best friend Zach came to me and told me about a show where two dudes talk about, like, fantasy creatures. And they got every now and then they say something funny. Like, I'd listen to that. Yeah. Yeah, no, and if my so. friend Griffin came up and said, yeah, one guy is a hunk and the other guy is named Zach Robb, then I'd be like, I'm oh. there for it. I thought you were going to like really get me with that, but that was really sweet. Oh, hey, I got you. I thought you were going to zag on me, but... I mean, I did, in theory, zag on you because I, I, I didn't do what you thought I was going to do, which is a this zag. This is fair. Wow. Keep him guessing. <laughs> but that's going to be it for us, folks. Uh, have a great new year, and we will uh, we'll see you next time. I have been Griffin. I have been Zach. And, and just remember, everybody, at the end of the day. It's all about love, baby. It's all about love. It's all baby. and all. Stay in your lane, Zach. <laughs> and all that jazz. Thank you all for listening to episode 55 of Zach and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. If you enjoyed the show, consider leaving us a review or telling a friend about us. You can find us as part of the Ghostlight Media Network over at ghostlightmedia.net or on Twitter at Pet Shop Cast. On our website, you can find links to our merch store and Patreon page, which helps support all of the Ghostlight Media shows and the phenomenal people who create them. Speaking of which, thank you to our patrons Kyle, Ice Deer Brewing, and Jeremy for your continued support. We'd like to thank Nikki Does Puzzles for making our theme song. You can find her SoundCloud at Nikki Does Puzzles or at Tuttle underscore Trouble on Twitter. We'd like to thank our friend Rin for voicing the ads you hear on the show. You can find Rin on Twitter at Rin underscore Moran and on the Imprinted Echoes podcast as part of Ghostlight Media. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Until then, let us know about some rad folks. And, okay, my spell check is telling me that rad is not spelled right. What the fuck? Anyway, Pet Shop Cast on Twitter. Bye! This is a Ghostlight Media production.